Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, what, what it was was uh, <laughs> Dave Elnumata kind of taps, kind of bumps the guy off that was blocking uh, Sheldon Rankins, and he takes a big-time, big-time hit on uh, Case Keenum. Fence coverage again. Third and 10 from the Viking 39. Precious seconds left on the clock. The Vikings need a completion and an apparent field goal attempt. Here's Keenan dropping, looking, throwing near sideline, and it's caught by Stephon Diggs. He's going to take it inside the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown on the final play of this game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He could have came up and just tackled him. He stuck put his head down and he didn't step out of bounds Jim. They're going to review it but he didn't step out of bounds. 61 yard touchdown strike to Stephon Diggs. Almost looked like the Saints defenders came up with an intent to intercept the pass. Instead they couldn't get their hands on it. It fell right into the nose of Stephon Diggs. The previous play. The yeah, previous he didn't step play out of bounds. It looked like it, but he never stepped out. Marcus Williams just, he, he, he ducked his head. Okay, and on that I'm note, welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Alex is here today for a change, but my co-host, Akiva Wienerker, has decided to no-show. So uh, I think that's okay. I think we'll have enough to talk about. As you may have been able to tell from the introduction, we are here to talk about the New Orleans Saints today. The Minneapolis Miracle, the greatest moment in my life, it's, I've only really ever seen it from my perspective. I've watched endless YouTube, uh, you know, different versions of it, and, but it's always been from sort of the victorious side. But apparently there was, you know, there was a team that, that was seconds away from, from they thought, going to the NFC Championship who lost. So uh, here to talk about that team is Paul Elliott. So Paul, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Walk me through how how you know the last few moments of that game was uh, fr- from your perspective. Well, first off, uh, Chester, thank you. I, thanks for having me on. Um, I was I was kind of uh, disappointed you didn't call me after the game to uh, or <laughs> ask me on. I, I still haven't listened to that episode, by the way, and I probably won't. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I was happy for you. Don't get me wrong. I was, it's I just was, me crying and bubbling. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, I, I was happy for you. But, um, you know, that game was weird uh, for me because I had this persistent uh, sense of doom the entire second half because I kept thinking, ah, that I just felt like we were going to blow it somehow. 
even when we we're coming back, you know, Breeze has a has that great drive, and we go up, and I'm like, okay. and then you know, you guys get the ball back, and I'm thinking, okay, something's gonna happen, something funky's gonna happen, and we get down. Are you talking about the last 25 seconds or the previous drive where they kicked the 53 yard field goal? Well, actually, okay, so so first off, I, I I forgot about that actually. Yeah, I thought for sure we were gonna miss the field goal. Um, the thirty, the, the wait, the last one. Your your last points. Correct, correct. I thought. Okay, okay, we're gonna miss this field goal. Okay, because when Breeze converted, I forget was it fourth and ten or third and ten. It was fourth and ten, I think. Right, all the way on the left sideline. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, unfortunately, I've, I've lost a lot of the memory of that yeah. game. But yeah, that, that, <laughs> when Breeze well, converted that, at that point, I, the game was over. I thought the miracle to me was on the previous possession. When, you know, I, I, I have hated this Vikings kicker for, you know, I mean, obviously he's better than Blair Walsh, but the fact that he had a 53-yarder was miraculous to me. And, of course, he left too much time on the clock for Breeze, who ironically left too much time on the clock for Case Keenum. So, I mean, you know, it was well, just the last two minutes were bonkers. Yeah, and like, and like I said, like, I just kept thinking, okay, we're either going to miss this field goal, and I apologize, I don't, I don't remember the full details, like I said, but um, – but yeah, you know, so getting to that last play, we're down. It's eight seconds. I'm thinking, huh? We might actually like pull this off. Um, and I mean, you know, two seconds later, of course, Stefan Diggs is running down the sideline, and I'm getting text messages from people at work, seeing if I'm okay. And uh, you do know, you live in New Orleans? I do not. I live in uh, Katy, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. Uh, okay. I, so, so there's some Saints fans around you, but it's not like everybody you know is a Saints fan. No, oh no, no, no. Yeah, no. I'm like, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely around here. where I where I live. There's it's probably more Texans fans or Cowboys fans, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, but there are some Saints fans. I've I actually the other day I was driving around and saw a couple Saints license plates or so. Well, I had thought that like after Katrina, a lot of New Orleans people had sort of gone to Houston, and I That's thought true. I wondered if maybe there was any kind of sort of existing. No, so no, no, they're definitely, at all. I mean, there definitely is. I just, I, to be honest, I haven't like seeked out, um, yeah. like kind of, kind of keep, kind of keep, kind of go to work, keep to myself, come home to my wife yeah. and three kids. Yeah, I'm on thing, like, so. I'm in an email listserv for like a, a local Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, like uh, a Minnesota rooting bar in New York for like Vikings and Twins games, but I never actually go to it. I just sort of send right. emails. Of I do know. Yeah, I do know there's a, there's a bar around here that. Uh, does do Saints watches like Saints watch parties on yeah. Sundays? Uh, I haven't checked yeah. it out yet though. There's a bar called the Raging Cajun apparently in town, which is apropos. Uh, yeah, but you know, but well, yeah. Listen, but- you're talking about how you had a feeling, you know, with eight seconds to go. Hey, we're actually going to win this one. Uh, let me right. remind you of another moment which I've talked about a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Looking at that play, he should have just held on to a call. He should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. So, yeah, uh, you know, I've ranted a lot about Greg Williams and how much I hate the Saints for for that game. But, uh, you know, one of the dumbest moments of my life was right before the 12-man-on-the-field penalty. Yep. 
I and and again, I have witnessed. I I saw the Gary Anderson game, and I, and I you know, and I saw the the forty one nothing, and all these other times when the Vikings have blown an FC Championship games that they were supposed to win, and yet like a moron, I actually turned to the people who I was watching the game with, including my um you know wife at the time of just a few months, who was horrified to witness what she had married into, and I actually <laughs> said the words. I actually said these words. I said, I can't believe we're actually going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I said that when they still had to kick a field goal, which, of course, they never had an opportunity to kick. Right. So, uh, you know, I know the feeling of thinking, like, wow, we've actually done it. Um, and for you, so, I mean, you've already won that bullshit Super Bowl. So, you know. It's well, and that's that's what – so the next day at work, a lot of people were asking, you know, are you okay? And I said, you know, if the Saints had not – if 2009 had not happened, um, I would have been in a much worse shape. But, you know, the not, to your point, like the knowledge that knowing that, yeah, we've got a Super Bowl – done i mean the and also the uh the astros are my baseball team so they had just won the world series it's kind of like okay yeah. well and we and the yeah. saints honestly were playing with house money at that point uh last year i mean we were down what 17 nothing in that game we had no business getting back in that game yeah. honestly so yeah in louisiana we have a saying called lanyap which is basically like you know little something extra like so everything past getting in the playoffs last year for the saints was for me was lanyap it was just kind of like a little extra. so. All right, so let, let's transition to the uh, 2018 Saints then. So you're coming into the season. You know, Akiva and I have them ranked number four collectively in oh our boy. power rankings. Oh, boy. People are very high on this team. <laughs> that know, makes, again, yeah. It's a team, yeah, it's a team that, you know, looked like they could have won a Super Bowl last year possibly. And they haven't really – I mean, well, tell me. I mean, are there any massive losses from last season's team in your opinion? Uh, I mean – Honestly, no. Um, I I was thinking about this today. I was kind of looking at the free agency uh, rundown. I would say the biggest loss we had, um, so from people who played a lot last year, obviously we lost Kenny Vaccaro, but he's not, it's not like he was setting the world on fire uh, at first yeah, safety. Yeah, that's, that, that's addition by subtraction. I would uh, say. Shout out to uh, Johnny D. Silvera. He'll get a lot of it, Kenny Vaccaro this year uh, on the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> oh, he's on the Titans. Yeah, he, he just signed with the Titans uh, in training camp. They had an injury, and they brought him in. Um, but anyway, uh, and then we, we also lost – I think this could potentially be a big deal. We lost a backup uh, guard, Siono Calamete, who's actually playing in Houston now. He's with the Texans. He's going to start. He was kind of a backup for us, and he really was – when Armstead went out and we had to kind of shuffle the line a little bit, he was a – I mean, he just plugged right in and played, and, you know, we really didn't miss a beat, I think, on the offensive line. But um, other than those two guys, yeah, we we really didn't uh, miss – I mean, we really didn't miss a lot. And also, too, another thing I wanted to bring up is – in free agency, the Saints in the last couple of off-seasons have had the tendency to go after the big free agent, right, and make a big – not maybe not the big free agent, but just, you know, they'll sign Jarius Bird to a, to a contract or sign the human penalty Brandon Browner to a contract. And, like, just all – and these kind of just moves that don't work out for us, or Adrian Peterson even last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like – You know, it's funny. I was watching a couple of weeks ago this uh, – this video, there's this guy on on, on uh, YouTube, Funky Dunkelman, who's like this Vikings video compiler, and he just so I was watching this video called Adrian Peterson's Greatest Run versus Every NFL Team. Okay, and it's an alphabetical order, so it starts with his best run against you know, um, I guess the Cardinals and then the Falcons right. and sort of going up, and um, all of a sudden we get to the middle and it shows Adrian Peterson in a Saints uniform with a three yard rush, 
and it, which was the first play of the game in the Monday Nighter last year <laughs> in week one. I was like, oh, I guess, yeah, they need a, his best rush against the Vikings, which was for three yards right, in the first right. play of the game. Yeah, but yeah. so again, so getting back to my to the point I was making was it's just yeah, sorry. I, no, no, you're fine. The I think this year they were very um, they they kind of were bargain bargain shoppers. I want to say this year in, in free agent. Also, too, like we've been in salary cap hell for the last couple of years, so that didn't help. But you know, we 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 got Demario Davis from the Jets. We got um, uh. Ben, we brought Ben Watson back from the Ravens. Like we kind of switched Ben Watson for Kobe Fleener, which, I mean, that's another bad, uh, terrible uh, signing that we had last year. Uh, was or a couple years ago it was Kobe Fleener that didn't pan out. But you know, I think um, as far as what we lost, yeah, I mean, other than Vaccaro and Kelamente, I mean, we really didn't lose a lot. We just cut Devonte Harris, who two years ago was playing substantial minutes for us, and. Now, thanks to kind of through the draft and through you know developing player undrafted free agents, uh, we've we're kind of to the point where we could let him go, and he just signed with Tampa Bay, I think, because they had a injury to Hargraves, so we'll see him week one. But yeah, I mean, we're we're coming in. So this is the this is when I get really nervous about the Saints because we're coming in. Everybody's kind of uh, on the on the bandwagon, you know. Everybody's telling us how good we are. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how they handle it uh, this year. Okay, Paul. So uh, Akiva's not here, but we're going to try and stick to uh, some of his segments the way that he's been doing this. So his first segment is is asking for your coach confidence rating from 1 to 10. So the, the weird thing to me, you know, before I turn to you on Sean Payton is basically, um, you know, even ever, ever since he came back from that the suspension year because of Bounty Gate, the Saints were sort of stuck in this like seven and nine hell, uh, partly because as you talked about with their salary cap issues, and they were seven and nine year after year after year, and it was sort of like the assumption, at least outside New Orleans, was well, this is what they're going to be for the rest of Breeze's career. They don't have enough around him, and so they're going to, you know, he's too good to fall to, you know, to bottom out unless he gets injured. So, but they'll stick around, you know, just five hundred or just a little bit under in perpetuity. And then last year, of course, uh, out of nowhere, they explode to this. Uh, you know, they explode to this monster 11 and five season where, you know, they look like a really good team and there weren't, you know, the, you know, obviously Alvin Kamara was an addition and, and Larry Warford on the offensive line had a real good season. And, um, and the, uh, what was the rookie? Uh, Ryan Ramps, the guy from Wisconsin. He was a rookie. Yeah, Ryan Ramps. So, you know, your offensive line approved a lot and, um, and, and then obviously Kamara and then obviously defensively Marshawn Lattimore, at least until the last play of the season, you know, you had a couple guys on defense, but it wasn't right. a lot. I don't think people outside New Orleans were coming into the season thinking, oh, yeah, this is a contender again. And so now, as you said, now there's sort of the national hype around this team. McKeever and I have them all the way up at number four. But last, you know, last time they went 11 and five, they then turned around and went seven, nine, three years in a row right again right after that. So do you is your confidence in, in Sean Payton? Like, where is it from one to ten? Do you see him as the elite coach who won you a Super Bowl or? So here's my thing with, with Peyton. Um, so, yeah, to your point, uh, so when he came back from t- after 2012, the 2013 season, he hires Rob Ryan as a defensive coordinator. We go, that, I believe help. it was 11-5. and Yeah, we go 11-5, and and the defense is a top-five defense. And we went, oh, it wasn't? In oh, yeah, well, top-10 oh. for sure, maybe not top-five. But okay. um, we go to Philadelphia, we win a road playoff game, we go up to Seattle and lose, but it was a competitive game. And in the next season, oh yeah, you're right. I'm looking at this. Yeah, they were they were last in in uh, 2012. Oh, we were. Yeah, the next we, year, yeah. 
Yeah, the next year they were they had number four defense, and then they immediately were last again the next three years. Well, that's what so that's what I was gonna say. Like, so that's what I was gonna say. So, Ryan, um, like it's this weird thing with defensive coordinators with the Saints. Like, they have a good first year, like Ryan did, and then the the next like they can't for whatever reason build consistency. Uh, So we'll see what Allen what Dennis Allen does. I think Dennis Allen's vibe is a little more in line with Sean Payton's vibe. So I think they have a I, my perception is they have a better working relationship than Ryan and Peyton did. Uh, I don't think Peyton was a big fan of Ryan's, like, let's just blitz everybody and hope for the best kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and also, too, I mean, you know, remember the last time he gave a defensive coordinator, like, kind of free reign, he got suspended for a year. So it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, so, and then, yeah. Yeah, but that, I, don't think, I don't think Dennis Allen is like a, is like a fascist the way that Greg Williams is. No, no, no. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, Dennis Allen. Are you watching me. Hard Knocks, by the way? No, I've heard you and Keeve uh, talk about it. Uh, Greg Williams, I mean, God. He, now, he, he seems like he's old because he was on the Rams show a couple years ago, the, the, the Amazon show. Right. But, I mean, he is just, every time I see him, he's just worse and worse. I mean, he's a compelling yeah. character just because he's such an asshole. I just, yeah. Well, and and that's why I think week two this season is going to be interesting. Cleveland comes to New Orleans, um, and uh, if you recall, when he oh, was there's with, going to be a bounty on Drew Brees. You better believe that. Oh yeah, oh no doubt. But uh, when when the Rams came to the New Orleans a couple of years ago, and Williams was the D coordinator, we ran out the score basically. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but we the 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 room or the the word going around was we were running up the score just to shove it in Williams' face. Uh, this was obviously yeah. before the Rams' defense was as good as they are now. But um, anyway, uh, sorry. Getting back to Peyton and his where I'm at, I I I don't want I, I'm hesitant to go all the way to ten. Uh, to me, and I think you and Keith talked about this on maybe one of your first episodes uh, for this season. Like Belichick is a ten. Uh, to me, Peyton yeah. is a solid eight. Um, my, my the reason I say that is because I think sometimes he he doesn't trust his maybe doesn't trust his D coordinator again I understand given reasons we talked about and also too I think last year he was very patient with the running game um, he didn't you know the Saints would get in these games previous seasons you get in a game you get down early and it's like okay Breeze you're gonna throw the ball fifty times good luck um, last year I felt like. We were a little more patient. You know, Ingram had a 1,000-yard season, was a pro bowler. Obviously, Kamara, who I didn't even mention on the show last year. Oops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> comes comes out and, like, you know, has, you know, is, is like this all-world player. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, there's new challenges this year. Ingram's not playing the first four games. So, we'll see. I mean, if he – I think if he trusts – you know, because again, he Peyton to me the biggest thing. He's from the Bill Parcells tree, right? So he's a control freak. He wants to, you know, if he feels like things aren't going the way they should be going, he wants to like, you know, immediately abandon the run and all that. I mean, you could, you saw it in the Vikings game in the NFC in that NFC uh, divisional game. I mean, we got down seventeen nothing. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a, a wash, and then he just kind of kept with it, stayed stayed with it. The defense made a couple plays. Uh, until they didn't make a play <laughs> at the end. And then, you know, uh, but yeah, I think so for my ranking for him, I, I would definitely go eight solid eight. Well, so I guess my question is, would you have had him eight coming into last season when he was all, cause probably I, not. I thought that probably yeah, not. nationally, I thought people were saying like, you know, three, seven, nine years in a row, 
right. he's washed up. It's time well, for him to go. Yeah, because I, I remember I forget who it was. I, I think Keith and I had him on our on our possible firings list. I think you guys did, but one of your other guests, I want to say, it was the Chargers uh, fan. He 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 thought he said, "Look, because our schedule was tough opening last year. We started with the Vikings on the Monday night game, had to play the Patriots coming off the Thursday night game. They were they had a Thursday night game. We were coming off the Monday night game." We start zero and two, and it's like, okay, man, look, if you if you can't get to two and two by the bye, it, it might be we, we we might not have had Sean Payton this year. Uh, but you know, like I said, turned around, played well against Carolina, got real lucky coming off the bye that Aaron Rodgers got hurt the week before we played the Packers. Went to Green Bay, won that game. Yeah, you know, we, we we played a role over there, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, but. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah. I mean, the crazy thing is, you know, you, you talk – this defense was so bad for each of the previous three years, and Sam Bradford made them look, like, historically awful in week one, and then obviously yeah. the next week the same, but, you know, that's Tom Brady and the Patriots. Right. Right. So, I mean, how did they turn it around so quickly? I mean, you know, we talked about – I mentioned Marshawn Lattimore as a rookie was really good, and I think Sheldon Rankins had a pretty good season after, yeah. like, not doing too much as a rookie. But, like, yeah. what, well, what, what explains how they went from so bad to, you know, above average so quickly? So, a couple things. I think, I think you touched on a couple right there, but, uh, I mean – to me, uh, a really underlying uh, kind of an unsung hero for us was Alex Okafor, who we signed in free agency last year. And until he blew out his Achilles late in the season, he was playing really well opposite Cam Jordan. I mean, Cam and Cam Jordan obviously too. Like Cam Jordan had you know thirteen and a half, fourteen sacks last year, so obviously that helps. Yeah, that's one thing we were lacking. You know, we with like I, going back to my my what I was talking about with Rob Ryan. The reason he would blitz a lot is we couldn't generate a pass rush with four guys. Um, and then also too with Rankins, one of the reasons he didn't really do a lot his rookie year, he was he was hurt his rookie year. Uh, he got hurt in camp. He missed the first eight games. So they're expecting a lot from him. They're expecting a lot from Anyamata, David Anyamata, who was a guy out of Canada that we signed. Uh, I think actually no, we drafted him out of Canada. I don't even remember where he, where he played college ball, but he uh, like he came on. You know, they, they're expecting big things from him. And that's another thing too. Uh, it feels like this year coming in, we have a lot of depth on the defensive line and also at corner. Uh, as I mentioned, Devontae Harris, we, 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 we let him go uh, because we felt like with guys like Lattimore, with guys like Ken Crawley, who stepped up last year, um, obviously, you know, I've I made fun of Vaccaro earlier, but you know what, Vaccaro, I mean, he didn't, like I said, he wasn't setting the world on fire, but he, he, filled, he played his role for the most part. Um, you know, Marcus Williams, I, I know, I know, he, he had that play, but up till then he was he was playing he was playing pretty well for a rookie i mean oh yeah i think i said it was Lattimore, but it was williams who had the play no it was marcus right. Wh- oh was oh did they say that on the on the um no well, it was now the- i'm all confused no who, it was definitely- who was the one who whiffed on on, that was, on the minneapolis miracle that was marcus williams that was definitely marcus okay williams. he was Lattimore, the okay all right yeah yeah so we had two rookies so we drafted Lattimore first round and then um, Lattimore was the first round pick the corner right. yeah but marcus was the safety who who took out two yeah. guys at once so. And that, and and you know, one of the I remember right after the game, somebody, one of the Saints writers that I follow, tweeted out like a draft report on Marcus Williams. And one of the things they said is he tries to make the big play instead of going for the sure tackle. It's like, <laughs> well, good analysis. There you go, there you go, man. So uh, yeah, I don't remember who was on. Di- I don't think Lattimore was on Diggs. I'm trying to remember who was on Diggs because Lat- because Williams was coming in from the. I- back. I've talked a lot about this at the time. But, like, not enough was said about how stupid the Saints' coverage was on that play. If you look at the play, they had three or four guys doing absolutely nothing defensively. They had one guy yeah. covering the, the tight end in the flat. Like, there's no reason. Nobody should have been within covering any receiver or running back who's 10 yards off the line, who's not t- less, more than 10 yards down the field. 
No. Because no, this is the last. No. They, they got to complete the ball and get out of bounds within field goal range. So if they throw it to the tight end in the flat, that does absolutely nothing, right? It's not like right. we have a Tyreek Hill who's going to weave through and get into the end zone. Yeah, so no. The, I, I, th- I thought it was a really poor defensive, uh, you know, the, the no, way they the, had their guys line. The only way you guys win that game is what happened, basically. Like, yeah. Well, so. yeah, or, or look, if, or he steps out of bounds. In the, oh, well, yeah, well, fair enough, fair enough, yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. But, yeah, but anyway. Oh, yeah, well, let's move on past that play. All right, so you're pretty confident in uh, your coach, obviously. We don't need to talk about your quarterback. Um, you know, I will, actually, yeah, you know, the cri- I will the say the thing about Drew Brees is, yeah, go ahead. can I just read you, this is, since Drew Brees joined the uh, Saints in 2006, this is, and this isn't DVOA, this is just yards, so traditional offensive ranking, every year of New Orleans since he joined the team. Can I read it to you? Yep, go ahead. 1-4-1-1-6-1-2-4-1-2-1-2. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Uh, I will say this, too. I, know, I, I looked at this today. You know last season was his lowest yardage as a Saint for a season? Yeah. Passing and touchdowns him? because yeah. well that's because they had you know the the two headed running back in but he right. also had like the high I think he had his lowest interception rate of his career yep he had like his, he set the all time NFL record for completion percentage yep so he was much more efficient absolutely only throwing it you know five hundred times instead of seven no yeah absolutely no and I think um, also too like like you said the the two headed running back uh, you know and just yeah just not feeling like he had to win the game you know by himself I, I felt. Previous seasons, he you could see he he had this sense uh, on his look on his face like okay I've got to win this game for us or we're not winning. Yeah. But but you know it's but yeah I mean like yeah, I said I mean, the previous couple of years and again you know not not to criticize Breeze because you know he's he's I think I had him eight or nine in my all time quarterback ranking so you know obviously I right. don't think very highly of him but he was you know good for you know fifteen to sixteen interceptions a year yeah. in the in the previous yeah. couple of years. And then he just, you know, massively cut that down last year. He had, yeah, he had a lot of farve in him for a while. I mean, he had a yeah. lot of, yeah, like I said, he would try to make plays uh, that, you know, just weren't there, or he'd try to fit a, you know, fit a ball in a tight window. And, I mean, there, there, and, oh, my, my wife's heard me uh, complain about Drew Brees in the past, which is, it's funny to say, but it's like, you know, I, I, but, but yeah, I definitely think, um, I definitely think he's, uh, He's a big part, and obviously the fact that we traded a first-round pick next year uh, to trade up this year in the draft, to me, indicates that they think he's going to be around at least another year after this. Because I don't know why, but so I, I mean, it's just amazing that he's going to be, you know, almost forty, and or actually he will be forty, I think, next year and playing. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's risky, obviously, uh, at that age, but. Yeah, well, no, yeah. Turning, yeah, if you if you make the playoffs, he'll turn forty in the playoffs next year. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's um let, let's move on to another one of uh, Akiva's segments here. Um, actually, let's interrupt. Uh, let's make fun of Akiva. Do you have anything to make fun of Akiva? He's been making fun of me in my absence. <sighs> I mean, I, I I would love to help you out, Chester, but uh, <laughs> I mean, the the worst I can say is he's a Jets fan and a Mets fan. I mean, that's pretty much. Yeah, that's sort of self important. I do. Though. I do feel. I do feel. Uh, I, I I I do root for like. When I can, I root for the Jets, and I do root for the Vikings. I did root for the Vikings, I will say, against the Eagles. Maybe that's why you guys oh, lost. You. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, because I know, like, I know how, and this, this call this humble brag, whatever. It's like I know what it's like to be a fan of a team that is perpetually disappointing. Yeah. Um, Although to be fair, the Eagles are that also, you know. Well, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, so, the Eagles, the Eagles are similar to the Vikings in the fact that you know, unlike a team like the Lions, for example, you know, they, they they're usually competitive. They've made the playoffs a million times. They you know they lost four NFC title games in a row, obviously in the McNabb era. So 
Right. From that perspective, I would have felt bad for them if not for obviously it happening against my team. And also the fact that Philadelphia fans are just so insufferable <laughs> immediately. They turned into like Red yeah. Sox fans. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, let's go to one of the next segments here. Uh, weakest link. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Okay. So I because I've been listening, obviously, to your previous podcast. So I've been thinking about this one for a while. I would say... It, I know. I think Akiva, when he does it, it he's, he's asking for a particular player. Uh, I'll give you like a position, I guess, on both sides of the ball. For me, on offense, it's I would say tight end. Uh, like I said, we brought Ben Watson in, but he's 38. Um, you know, our backups are Josh Hill and uh, Michael Michael Homan uh, from uh, the Patriots. He played for the Patriots for a while. I, I, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name because I'll. Ruin it, but yeah, the, the guy, the the guy with the long Hawaiian name, right? Correct. Yes, correct. Yeah. That that Huma Nanawuni. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm I'm I think we'll be okay. From I think those guys. So I know uh, going back to the off season, I know they they thought about bringing Jimmy Graham back. Um, I would have been okay with that, honestly. Uh, but you know, after seeing what the Packers paid him, I'm. Glad we didn't really get him. I'm ad- again. I'd rather have Ben Watson. I think from a receiving standpoint, we'll be fine. I mean, we have Michael Thomas, who's, in my opinion, top five receiver in the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and we and Ted Ginn had a renaissance last year out of nowhere, uh, and then played well for us. But yeah, so on offense, I would say tight end is probably that position. Uh, on defense, it's definitely linebacker. I mean, our linebackers played well last year. Tayao, I was. I made fun on the podcast last year. I thought I said, "Yeah, we signed Manti Te'o and a- and uh, Luke Keekley's backup, uh, <laughs> AJ Klein." But you know what? At the end of the day, they they played. I thought they played serviceable, and they they were better than what we had previously. And I I think, um, but they're definitely still a weakness. I remember I t- I uh, tweeted Akiva right after we signed Demario Davis. I said, "So what can I expect from him?" And I, I don't remember Akiva's answer but it was basically like not much or something to the effect of like well he was on the our practice squad you know like five weeks ago or 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 whatever beginning of the season so but i mean i think we'll be improved but yeah there's definitely a a position on defense that gives me trepidation i would definitely say it's the uh the linebackers especially if we play a team that has a good tight end uh like you know like the packers or which we don't play we wouldn't play them unless it's the uh playoffs but yeah all right uh let me ask you so obviously the saints you know made that big trade on draft night to move up to get uh marcus davenport that edge rusher yep uh other than him and and again it was sort of a a little bit of a bear draft because of that but uh who's the best uh, other than him who's the best rookie traquan smith uh traquan smith was our third round pick out of ufc uh sorry ucf almost said ufc uh not quite ucf um He's the so a couple of weeks ago, I think a week ago, we let Brandon Coleman go. Uh, he'll probably be back with the team because he had an injury situation, could pass physical. But the reason they felt comfortable letting him go then is because of what Traquan Smith has done in in uh, in training camp. Um, from what I've seen on tape, uh, just whatever they post on Twitter, it seems like he is gonna try and fill what Brandon Cooks would do in the past before we let before we got rid of him um and breeze has from what i've heard breeze has a lot of faith in him uh, a lot of confidence i mean in if he turns into brandon cooks you're scoring for 40 rookie, points so. a game so i'm sorry say it again uh, if he turns into brandon cooks you're scoring 40 points a game oh absolutely yeah because i mean 
for my money, um, and I and you guys talked about this on the quarterback ranking podcast about Breeze, about his weapons and like where where does this group of weapons rank as far as um, in his time with the Saints? And I got to put it up there. I mean, like you said, we have a two headed running back monster. Uh, you know, we have like I said, Michael Thomas, top five receiver. I think Michael Thomas is probably the most complete receiver Breeze has had in his time with the Saints. Uh, no disrespect to Marcus Colston or Brandon Cooks or any of those guys, but like Michael Thomas to me is is you know can be like an All Pro for. No, I mean he, I agree. he was terrifying in the second half of that game. You know Xavier yeah. Rhodes, who's you know as good a cornerback as they come, and right. part, you know you know he was really a. And it and, it, and he's part of that he's part of that Ohio State pipeline that we have going on. Him, him and Lattimore and. Uh, well, Ted Ginn, because Ted Ginn's from Ohio. We didn't draft Ted Ginn, obviously. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Kirk Coleman, who we just signed from the uh, Panthers this year at safety. I believe he went to Ohio State, too. But, yeah, no, uh, sorry, I, I got off, and I'm trying to get back to what your question was. Yeah, no, but for best rookie, I would definitely say uh, Traquan Smith. Another reason I say Traquan Smith is the two – so our fourth-round pick, <laughs> Rick Leonard out of Florida State, a lot of people thought he wasn't even going to get drafted because he's a tra- he's a he was a two year defensive lineman at Florida State and then he switched to offensive tackle. So we drafted him basically after playing offensive line for two years. Um, he's definitely a, a, a project, uh, I'll say. Uh, and then the two the two defensive backs we we drafted uh, Cameron Moore from Boston College and Natrell Jamerson from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I was reading today they may not even make the team because of how deep we are at safety and corner so uh but yeah definitely if if you're asking me to put my money down on somebody that's not marcus davenport which actually even if you include marcus davenport i'm gonna say traquan smith's gonna be the best rookie in this class oh wow okay well davenport's not practicing right now he's he's injured so you know it's okay he's got a soft tissue injury they keep they keep saying so but now that okafor and then okafor got hurt today so he might hopefully he'll get uh, uh davenport gets better soon and okay, and uh, and then uh, you know just the the last of Keeves' uh, famous segments. How would you uh, convince a uh, football fan from New Zealand to become a Saints fan? Oh, so, uh, this is Sam from New Zealand. Yeah, or be like the Cowboys guy and say, "Don't become." <laughs> well, actually, no. I, so this morning, driving to work, I listened to the the Cowboy that that podcast, and I would. So I'll, I'll say this: if Sam was going to become a Saints fan, now is probably the time. Uh, but wouldn't the time have been 2006 when you got Drew Brees? <laughs> well, fair enough. Well, fair enough. But what I'm saying, based on the assumption that he is not a fan yet and he's starting yeah. now, uh, you definitely want to do now. I mean, we score. We're definitely exciting to watch. I'll say that. Um, we we can be nerve wracking to watch at times. Um, you know, see the Minnesota playoff game, the game we had against the uh, Redskins in the regular season where we were down 15 with three minutes left and came back to win. Uh, you know, the, so it's definitely it's always interesting. I would say watching the the Saints, um, yeah. And I mean, you know, and if you do get to go to a game, it's in New Orleans, or you know, the home games are in New Orleans. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah. I that's went a to place. a I went to a great I went to a game in New Orleans a couple of years ago. It was the game against Carolina in like week sixteen when Carolina was thirteen or fourteen and zero, something like that, coming in. Oh, and we almost beat them. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first yeah. game in NFL history with a two-point conversion attempt return the other way. Yep, remember I remember that game well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, I, I remember right, that game. We're going to go through, uh, because uh, it's me and not Akiva here, we're going to go back to the oldies but goodies. We're going to run through this schedule quickly, and then you're going to awesome. give us a prediction. For this so, game. actually, before you do that, if, if you don't mind, uh, I actually did a – I pulled a Chester, and I actually went through all 256 games. Ah, there we go. Well done. Predicted. <laughs> uh, so, actually, okay. uh, I think I I think I remember the one – my loss. Should we losses. do all 256 on the podcast? No, 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 right no, 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 just no, no, no. I'm fine. No, no, we're fine. Because <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, I did it, and then I went back and looked and said – I had a team 1-15. I'm like, I don't think that's – I don't think it's going to happen. Let me go back and see if I can't yeah. give – Well, that's but, what I had with the Patriots. I had the Patriots 15-1, so <laughs> – yeah, I had them. Uh, but you know why? Because when you're doing when you're doing binary win loss, then every game where a team is like a sixty percent chance to win or lose, you're right. just going to lean those all in that same direction. Even though obviously, you know, they're not going to win all of them. So. Right, and I found too. I was influenced um, by the yeah. national the national media. Like, so I get to a game where it's like, well, okay, if San Francisco is really going to be that good, then they should win this game. Or if you know, yeah. if Team A is really going to be this good, then they really need to win this game. Which, yeah, so. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm sorry. Go. Yeah, I always go back and redo it sort of, you know, after a couple weeks into the season once we've seen a little bit of each team. But all right, so we're going to talk about the Saints. Go ahead. you got a weird schedule. It starts really, really soft. You have an early bye, and then it gets really tough down the stretch, and, you know, you have 11 weeks in a row with, uh, without a break. So yep. uh, so the soft part, week one, you're at home against uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bucks. Uh, we will eat that W. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then we can you can you eat it even if Jameis isn't there? I'm not sure how that works. Uh, two, sure. It gets even easier, uh, probably. Well, Who knows? Uh, the here's Browns. the thing. Here's the thing about the Browns. Do you know that Drew Brees' worst yardage against a team is Cleveland? But isn't that because they're winning by so much they're running the ball in the second half? Mm, no, I mean the last time we played Cleveland in 2014, we lost. Uh, oh wow! It was at. Oh, I mean, that was at home, right? I remember that game. Uh well I, I want to say it was at Cleveland but you might be right okay. might have been, been at home but anyway but so I'll say I remember there was one year when the when the Saints went like three and five at home and lost a bunch to a bunch of terrible teams yeah oh yeah probably that's what I'm saying that's that's being a Saints fan like you they'll yeah. they'll yeah they'll do something but uh, anyway uh I'll say we win we beat Cleveland at home but if Baker Mayfield is playing I will get nervous just because oh, so Tyron Taylor's getting benched after just one game you think. Well, well, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, yeah. I, I'm glad we're playing Cleveland early because I think as the season goes on, they're going to get better. I guess that's right. the word. Okay, I should week say. three, you go at Atlanta. Your hated rivals. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say that's a loss. I, you know, I, we'll, we'll probably end up splitting with them uh, for the season. All right, and then, and then week four, uh, a late game on CBS at the Giants. Uh, this is a national TV game. So this is so this is one of those games. Although you've had exciting games against them in the past. With, you know, we with have. Ball, yeah, th- this is one of those games where if the Saints are going to be Super Bowl contenders and all this stuff, they really should win this game. Uh, so I'm going to say we win. Um, the, you know, it's in New York. It's At least it's early in the year where it's not like, Really cold out, you know. Really cold out. I don't think the wind or anything. The wind may not be a factor, but I'll give them, I'll give us a win. I'll give us three and one going into the bye. All right. Well, no, no. Then you face Washington on Monday. Oh, I'm night. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. Uh, yeah. The, the the Washington game on the Monday night, the home game. That's a win. The that game is there because they think Breeze is going to break the record that night. Like uh, the passing yards record. Uh, he's got. Oh, a, he's going to pass Payton. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to average. Oh, like, okay. That's what that's that's my understanding why they put that game there. there. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, because otherwise, yeah, that's not exactly a marquee matchup necessarily. Be, so. I think he has to average if he averages right at three hundred yards for the first five games, he'll break it that game. Okay, 
Yeah, and I don't, you know, Keeve had that whole theory a couple of years ago that ESPN was being punished with bad Monday Nighters because of Bill Simmons. I don't know if I don't know if ESPN's punishment should extend since they fired Bill Simmons. But oh, all right, so you come out of the bye, you're four and one, flying high. You go uh, to Baltimore week seven. A team that Drew Brees has never beaten. Uh, never beaten Baltimore. Never beaten okay. Baltimore. He's zero four in his career. Oh wow! Again, this is a, I, this is a game that we should win if we're if we you because know, I. I don't. I mean, I don't know a lot about Baltimore. I know, you know obviously, they they have a little quarterback controversy with Flacco and Jackson, but their defense is not what it used to be. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is DVOA had them number six overall last year, so the advanced stats really love Baltimore. But you okay, look well, at, you maybe. look at the personnel, and it's a little hard to understand. How you know? Maybe it's 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 not about the Jims and Joes. It's about, or what's that? It's about the X's and O's. You're right, right, right. Um, so I will. So again, I will hesitantly give us a W. At Baltimore, all right, five and one, and then you go to Minnesota, the scene of the crime, Sunday night football. Yeah, that's a loss. Uh, we, I mean, right, five and I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to think we avenge, but I mean, yeah. it's, we got to lose. All right, and, and again, this is where things start to get a little bit tougher. Yeah. Uh, then you face the Rams the next week. Uh, this is a late game. Uh, you know, it's at home, but I guess uh, you know that, yeah, that'll so, be a lot of. Uh, so correct me. Uh, I don't want to skip ahead, but correct me if I'm wrong. We play at Minnesota, home against the Rams. I forget what the next game is, and then it's home to Philly. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, the, assuming let's say that those, you know those are sort of seen as the four elite teams in the NFC, and really in the NFL, right. other than New England, you got to face three of them in a four-week span. Yeah, and I, I really want to say we win one of those games. Uh, so I'll say we beat. I think when I did my predictions, I said we'd beat Philly. Okay. Uh, so we'll lose to the Rams, and then who's after the Rams? Then you face Cincinnati on the road. See, that's another oh God. I know again. I know Cincinnati's not a world beaters, but you know you're coming off two losses. You're going to Cincinnati. It's starting to get colder outside. Who knows? I, I'll say we win, I'll say we beat Cincinnati and then come back home and beat Philly. And okay, so, so you you lose two in a row to Minnesota and LA, drop to five and three. But then you beat the Super Bowl champions. All of a sudden you're seven and three, and yeah. now you have a short week and you got a Thursday night game at home against your hated rival, the Falcons. That's the Thanksgiving the night. Best team that's Thanksgiving yeah. night, yeah. Oh, that's the Thanksgiving late night game, yeah. That's the Thanksgiving yeah. late night game. First time, to my knowledge, it's the first time the Saints have hosted a, thir- a Thanksgiving night game. Uh, I'll, say yeah. we, I'll say we win. I said we were going to split earlier, so I say we beat them Thanksgiving All night. Right. So now you're eight and three, and then the next week you're on Thursday again at Dallas, which means the Cowboys are hosting two consecutive uh, th- uh, Thursday games. Right. they got Thanksgiving, obviously, and then the next week yeah, at I'm Dallas, gonna... eight and three. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a loss. Uh, Dallas, Dallas is one of those teams. They're, they're kind of like a side rival. Uh, we don't play them yeah. all the time, but Cowboys fans and Saints fans interact enough where there's there's some. Uh, there's be some, be honest to me. In like the '80s or whatever, when the Saints were like not particularly good, what percentage of people in the New Orleans area were Cowboys fans versus Saints fans? I don't know. I don't know about the New Orleans area per se, but if you go to North Louisiana, like Shreveport, oh, okay. Yeah. There's 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 a substantial because Shreveport's only three hours from Dallas, and it's like four hours from New Orleans. So you, you ah, okay. So but but yeah but I I mean yeah. I'll I'll say personally speaking when I was growing up and the Saints were you know terrible and people wearing bags on the head when the playoffs started the Cowboys that's when the Cowboys were good that's when they were winning three yeah. out of four Super Bowls so I rooted for I rooted for them but then once the Saints kind of got better and I. I yeah. went back to room. All right, so you're eight and four after that loss. You go right. to play Tampa, 
I don't know if December, I don't know what's going on. Is Jameis back? Is he still have the job? Does Dirk Cutter has still have a job? Is Tampa, you know, are they competing? Are they bottoming out? Who knows? Yeah, I say I say we sweep Tampa. We'll get we'll eat that W2. Okay, so, so nine and four, and nine and four, it's, you know, the week before Christmas, you still haven't faced the Carolina Panthers yet. That's correct. So you got to face them twice in the last three weeks. The first That's one correct. is Monday night on the road. And I'll say we I'll say we split them. We'll lose the Monday night on the road. Uh, this okay. This so one. that's so, so. you're nine and five, and then uh, you you face Pittsburgh in week sixteen. That's another. I mean, this schedule is really brutal. The second half. It, it really is. Um, so I will say I'll just just to cut to the chase. I'll say we win the last two at home against Pittsburgh. Okay, and so you Carolina. beat Pittsburgh and Carolina. You repeat the eleven and five season. Now between Atlanta and Carolina, is that enough? Are you winning the division, or are you making so, a wild card? So when I so when I did the like I said when I did the two hundred fifty six games, I had Atlanta going eleven and five as well. So okay. I think yeah. Look, I look. You, we talked about it earlier. The floor for this team under Peyton is seven and nine, right? So if something just goes, even if something goes really wrong, we'll be seven and nine. Now obviously seven and nine is gonna, not going to get you in the playoffs, but I think because if we repeat kind of the performance of last year stick to a running game defense plays look and as good as the defense was last year chester it still was only like 15th in the league like it was you know it was league average like it wasn't it wasn't like we were setting the world on fire on defense but that's all we need like all like they only gave up 20 points a game if we if our defense only gives up 20 points a game we're pretty much in every game if you're going to tell me drew Brees has to score 20 points i like our chances so Eleven and five to me is the ceiling. Uh, floor for us eight and eight, nine and seven. We just missed the playoffs, but I think this team is definitely hungry to uh, to get another, uh, get one more run, especially after the way the Minnesota game ended. So. All right, well maybe we'll meet up. Uh, maybe we'll meet twice this season. Who knows? Yeah, look, hey, uh, hope, maybe it'll be in New Orleans this time, and we can. Uh, we can, we can. Uh, I do not want to go back there again after the way things worked out last time. By the way, you were talking about that game, the '09 game. That was the most emotionally draining football game I've ever watched in my life. Um, yeah, I know. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Bush. I got kicked out. I was watching. Yeah, so I had yeah. gotten married. In, I mean, I dated my wife for five years, so she knew right. who I was. But right. I had gotten married that June. Uh, so you know, living in my apartment uh, with my wife for the first time, and uh, this is six months later. I was so emotional, and you know, it was not like the Viking Saints first half uh, this year in the playoffs. You know, it was not. Right. It, I was so emo- the the first half. The, I mean, the Vikings were running up and down the field and just fumbling over and over and over. And I was such a mess that our neighbors asked my wife if I could leave and watch the second half somewhere else because I was like making too much noise. <laughs> and so I went over to my friend's house for the second half, and oh man, it was a it was a draining, uh, not a pleasant experience. Yeah, I mean it, and and the the thing for me because like I said, the Saints had been so bad for so long, and it's like, look, yeah. you don't you don't get these chances this often. So yeah. it's like, if we if we don't win this game, like when Hartley kicked the field goal and sent us to the to the Super Bowl, I just pat I just passed out. Like I just like fell on the ground. Just <laughs> I was I, like I was just exhausted. I was just I was like yeah. this is. And then, and then my, my, I was actually watching the game with my now wife. We weren't married at the time. We were, we had just started dating and, um, kind of a similar thing. It's like, she looks at me and goes, you have to wait two <laughs> weeks for the Super Bowl. Like, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be able to, yeah. and I said, yeah. And luckily enough, you know, worked out for us. So, yeah. But all right. So, uh, thanks for joining us, Paul. You're on Twitter at Paul Elliott underscore three sixteen, and then uh, of course you also have uh, Seinfeld Madness is your That's other uh, where you do the polls of uh, the different episodes. Yeah, um, well, not not so I much was... anymore. But yeah, that, that's what I did okay. before. 
All right, yeah, but if you're a Seinfeld fan, you should follow Seinfeld Mammoth as well. Uh, look, I'm not going to wish you good luck because fair enough. You know, I still That's hate fair. the Saints because of 2009, and you know, and we're facing you at least once this year. And and the NFC is too good. I need some of these good yeah. teams to you know look s- I, backslide out. I was surprised to get the email from Kiev from Kiev saying, "Hey, we'll, we'll have you back." Because I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know." Well, I figured since what happened last year, you you would want to talk to me at this point, but. Yeah, but yeah, um, but no. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, most of my issues with the Saints were tied to the Greg Williams era. Like, like Sean Payton was, you know, trolling the Vikings fans at the end of the game before, you know, with the skull thing. I, I have no problem with that. You know, that's good-natured okay. ribbing. You know, I, I mean, well, I'm glad that we shoved it in his face, obviously. But you know, fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's Sean, yeah. and that's Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, that's just yeah. The way no, he yeah, is. I, I have no, I have no problem. With that. You know, the only thing I really hated was uh, was Greg Williams. So, and he's long gone. Fair enough. All right, Paul. Uh, thanks very much, and uh, you know, bad luck to your team this year. Sure, same to you. <laughs> Thanks, bye bye. <laughs> bye. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. I'd have said the right thing, but it must have used the wrong line. I've been on the right trail, but it must have used the wrong car. Hit us in a bad place, and I wonder what it's good for. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. My head is in a Talking to this time Doesn't need a little brain Salad surgery I got to cue My insecurity I've been in the wrong place But it must have been the right time I've been in the right place But it must have been the wrong song just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.